0: A series right now called "The Promise." We're looking at the promises uh, that kind of come from the, the, the scriptures about who Jesus was meant to be. Right in the beginning of the Gospel of Matthew, kicking off a really a really long series uh, in the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, and I am so so thankful for the different voices that we have that are can speak into our body. So I want to invite Katie to come on up. Uh, Katie, I'm going to pray for you today. Is that, is that cool? So isn't Katie awesome? Come on, give her give her, give her a clap. Uh, so, so, Lord, we just are so thankful for Katie uh, and so thankful for uh, her story, God, and the way that you are working in her life, Lord, and the way you have worked in her life. We thank you for the gift anointing that she has for teaching and exhorting the body of Christ. And, Lord, I pray that tonight we'll just sit and we'll listen and we'll listen intently for what is from you, Lord, and that we'll soak up all the wisdom, Lord, that, that you want to say by your spirit. Hello everyone. Good to see you. Yeah, like Jill said, we're in this series talking about God's uh, promises that he's given his people and that came to fruition and fulfillment through Jesus's birth and they keep being fulfilled in us over and over and we get to talk about something that I just get really excited about today, um, which is the promise that we have been given a kingdom and a king. So we've been looking at the very first uh, line really of the book of matthew where matthew sets up the entire um rest of the book and the proving that jesus is the messiah that was sent to save us and he just says this is the genealogy of jesus the messiah the son of david the son of abraham so if you're coming into this this is like we are in it seems like the beginning of a story right seems like this is Look at this nice little story I'm reading. This is the story of this dude, and I don't know, these are like his forefathers, right? But this is, um, this is the middle of a story, okay? We are not starting at the beginning of a story, but it's in the middle. And so one thing that we wanted to really do to talk about these promises is to not just talk about what Jesus did when he came, but the promise that came hundreds, thousands, years. Before he even walked on the earth. Okay, we wanna talk about the context in which Jesus came, and we wanna get the full story. So we're gonna play a little game real quick. It's called Guess the Movie, okay? I'm only gonna give you one movie, we gotta book it. But I'm gonna give you three clues, and if you know what it is after one of the clues, you can't say it, okay? Let's be a good class. You can't say it out loud, keep it to yourself, and feel really good about yourself, okay? But here are, here's the first clue. See if you can guess this movie. It's just, it's in the middle of the story, okay? So the first clue is during the battle. That's it. Anybody? Got anything? Show of hands. What is this? Braveheart? I don't know. Could be Home Alone. I'm not sure. What is this? This could be thousands of movies. Okay, let's move on. Anybody feeling warm? No? Didn't think so. Okay, during the battle. Our next clue. This may get some of you. Custodian of the stolen plans. Okay. Okay, I've got a little hood tilts. A little something. Some people are like, this is, um, this, I'm bad at this game. You're not bad at this game. This is, honestly, only nerds know that. Um, okay, here's the, third, here's the third clue. I'm going to take us back from the middle of the story to the beginning of the story and see if we can guess it long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I knew you were doing that. <laughs> now we know the movie. What is it? Star Wars. And it's kind of ironic, because the first Star Wars movie was just like literally smack dab in the middle of a story, too. And we're like giving all of, getting all this context as we watch the movies. They couldn't even just start the movie, they needed a of like this is we're just bringing you into the middle here right so when we come into this story of jesus we need this like script beforehand we need this like context like what are we talking about what are we doing here i don't even know who's this guy what is messiah even what are we saying i don't know what we're doing and so that's why we're giving um we're being given some context here so the coming of jesus to earth is a story um That is most helpful with a backstory, and we're going to lace our New Testament and our Old Testament together. And last week we talked about Abraham and how the promise that God gave him was that he would uh, belong and his people would belong to God and to each other and that they would be blessed and be a blessing to the world. And that promise is being fulfilled in us day after day. We get to keep seeing that promise being fulfilled through Jesus. Now we're going to talk about David and the promise that was given to him that we are given a kingdom and we are given a king. We talk a lot about the kingdom of God and how we get to be a part of this amazing culture, this amazing kingdom of love and redemption and goodness and grace, and that it is different from the culture we have in the world that it is upside down that it is unexpected and it's so so good and we talk about how we can bring the kingdom and we get to partner with God to usher in the kingdom and that's super exciting but we don't often think I think about what it really means to have a king if we want to be a part of this kingdom we have to admit that oh we have a king too and that's not just like, oh, I, have to, I'm in, I want to be part of this kingdom, so that means I have to have a king. The king is good news. It is good news that we have a king. It is the best news. And if you leave knowing one thing for sure today, I want it to be that having a king like Jesus is good news. It is good news. And when you're convinced that it's good news, then you want it. That's why we talk about the good news. If we're sure that it's good news, we work for it. We look for it. We search for it. We ask for it. We want it. Because we want good things, and this is the best thing. Our King is perfectly good and loving. This King carries the bulk of the weight, the load, and responsibility of our lives on His shoulders, He carries our burdens. He covers and protects us, this king does. When we give our lives to this king, he sits on the throne of our hearts and takes over the reign of every piece of us. And I'm convinced that true joy lies in the understanding that we have this king. fact, this message that God is a good king, is the king, is a message that he's been trying to get his people to understand since we were created. God made this promise to Abraham, right? That you're my people, I'm your God, I will be your king. And then time passes, and God's people are, you know, they're following him, then they're not following him, they're obedient, and then they're turning away. And it's this back and forth, back and forth. And God keeps trying to tell them, I am your king. And they don't seem to want to follow the king. And eventually, God's people get to this place where they say, okay, well, if we want to be a really great nation, we get it, God, you're good. And you're a good king. But we want like a flesh and blood king. Because we got to look good. We got we to gotta actually be successful as a nation. And so we want a flesh and blood king. And so God told them, even though I am your king, I will give you what you're asking for. And the first king of Israel was mighty and strong and devoted to God until he wasn't. And he decided to rule that he could rule his own heart and his own life. And he stepped out of the protection of the true king. And then God anointed another whose heart was fully submitted to him, one who knew the true king and served him well. And this man's name was David. So when we see in Matthew, Jesus Christ the Messiah, son of David, this is the David who everybody reading, who the Jews reading, would have been like, okay, I know David. I know this guy. This is a great king. And not only that, oh, this, maybe this Jesus came from this good line of, of kings or whatever. But they had known and had studied and had heard this promise that God had given to his people through the king David. So David was a shepherd, and a prophet came to him and anointed him and promised him that he would rule the kingdom of Israel. After Saul, they needed a king who followed the king of kings. And so David was anointed, and God gave him this promise. I'm rushing around a little bit in the story, but it's okay. We're going to go back and forth a little bit. God gave David this promise when he became king of Israel. I took you from the pasture from following the flock to be ruler over my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone. I have cut off all your enemies from before you. Now I will make you a name like the greatest in the land. David had walked with God long before he was the anointed king of Israel. It was his communion with God that led to his anointing and his authority in the kingdom of Israel. And it was his sonship that led to the inheritance God would bless him with. It goes on to say, I will provide a place for my people Israel and I will plant them so that they may dwell in a place of their own and be disturbed no more. So God's talking about really um, fortifying the nation of Israel through David's like legacy. No longer will the sons of wickedness oppress them as they did at the beginning and have done since the day I appointed judges over my people Israel. I will give you rest from all your enemies. The Lord declares to you that he himself will establish a house for you, and when your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will raise up your descendant after you who will come from your own body and I will establish his kingdom. He will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he will be my son. And when he does wrong, I will discipline him with the rod of men and with the blows of the sons of men. Now, this promise the people of Israel had clung to for hundreds of years. Not only had God given Israel a good king like David, and this kind of sounds like he's promising David a son, right? Well, David had a son who was also a good king. And so you could look at that and go, okay, well, this was the promise, right? David, and then he would have a son, and this is the legacy. But whenever God gives a promise in the Old Testament, there are, like, layers and folds of this promise, right? So in the moment, people could think, oh, this is about, like, a son David might have. But then now, enter the story of Jesus, and people are going, oh, wait, there's more to this. It is deeper than just... A personal legacy for a man. God is establishing someone on the throne who will reign forever. David's reign was not the beginning, and it was not the end, but it was the middle of the story of God's reign. Even after David was long gone, his son and his son who was long gone and Israel had been sent into exile and didn't even have a king that was sitting, flesh and blood king, that was sitting on a throne over Israel. It was not the end of the story. God was not done. This is the point here. God was not done. And God told his people over and over again through prophets hundreds of years over saying, I am not done. I am not done. You still have a king who will sit on the And I will establish their reign forever. You have a king. The throne is not empty. A promise to David ended up being a promise for the entire world. We have been promised a king. And we have been given a king. And so we look at this Jesus Christ the Messiah. The son of David. The son of Abraham. This is the Messiah that those reading this were waiting for. They knew. They knew where their king was going to come from. Jesus came to establish the reign of God in us forever. He is the king. Look around, guys. I don't see, like, a throne, right, that's empty. This is the throne. Jesus came to sit on the throne of our hearts. And it's so cool because we know that Jesus is the king, right? And we, when we enter into relationship with him, he becomes the, the king that sits on the throne sorry, of our hearts. But the cool thing that Jesus did is he didn't just come and say, I'm the king, and you've got to bring me into you, into your spirit. But he said, I'm also going to show you what it looks like to fully submit to a king. It's this tension we live in when we we read about Jesus, right? Because he was always saying, I only do what my father does. And he would go spend time with his father. And he would pray like, my father, who is he talking about? And it's like, who's the king? God, Jesus? Yeah. Yes. But Jesus was very specific in like, no, I'm going to show you what it looks like to be submitted to the king. He showed us what it looked like to live as a human and live with him as our king. Does that make sense? David's life shows us what it looks like to live with God on the throne of our lives. But it also shows us what it looks like when we put ourselves in rule and reign over parts of our life that were never meant to be ruled by us. We talk about, we can, we can talk about David and how he was a great king and God gave him this great promise, but if you know anything about his life, well, let's just say he wasn't Jesus. When David fought a giant named Goliath as a young man, he did so under the authority of a king, and he did so for the king's glory. And when David ran from Saul who wanted him murdered, and he even had an opportunity to murder Saul, he did so under the authority of the king, and he chose not to do what was wrong. When David finally was sitting on the throne, God had promised him he ruled under the authority of the king. That is a person who lives in submission to the king. And when David wanted another man's wife, even after a lifetime of living with God on the throne of his heart, he took control and he took what he wanted and he became a murderer and an adulterer and an oppressor. just can't romanticize David's life. It's easy to see him, see in him the way that it's possible to live with and without the covering of a king. David's life shows us what it looks like to really submit to the reign of a king in our lives, and he also shows us what it looks like to say, oh no, God, you can't have that part. I want to be in charge of this part. I want to do my own thing here. I want to reign This part of my life. And that turned him. And that turned him into something else. This is the tension. When you have given your life to Jesus, he takes his place on the throne of your heart. But like David, sometimes we have these little areas, these little territories in our lives that that we just don't want to give God control over. We want to keep reigning. We want to keep the control. And guys, I got to be honest. I don't know about you, but when I'm holding on to control of something and I want to be in charge of it, it's not because I'm like being nasty and like, yeah, forget you, God. I'll do what I want. Like, okay. I'm willing to bet I'm not the only one. For the most part, When we want control of our lives, it's about security. We want to feel safe. We want to feel seen. We want to feel like we belong. And we fabricate these things. We fabricate what it looks like to live free. You know, we want to be in charge because we're just not sure how to trust. It's like we're going around with bad intentions all the time. It's just really hard to trust a God you can't see so much with everything, right? I believe that King Jesus is inviting us to trust him with all of these areas, with the little parts in our lives that we just haven't been able to give over to him so that we can experience true freedom with him. Giving over control and rule to a king it doesn't always feel like good news, guys. But we can't be our own kings. You can try. I've tried. It doesn't work. And this might sit a little uncomfortably with some of us. But there is a reason that Jesus uses metaphors of children and sheep to describe us. We get real angry about being a sheep, right? Right? Do you remember that song? I just want to be a sheep. No? Nobody? Anybody grow up in church? (laughs) Oh, that's a hilarious song. I literally just remember that. Um, Sorry, now I'm really distracted and that's in my head. We don't like being called sheep, right? I mean, I hear that all the time. I'm not a sheep. I don't know, man. If Jesus compared me to a must not be so bad, and it must not be so wrong. He said we were children. I mean, Jen was just talking to us. We want childlikeness, right? And that's good to think about and kind of like, oh yeah, I want to be like a child, but I don't know. I've met my kids. They don't like being children. At the end of the day, they want to be in charge. I do too. I think there's something about this that we need to learn to embrace. Jesus said, anyone who does not receive the kingdom is like like a little child, will never enter it. Anyone who does not receive the kingdom like a little child will never enter it. And I think I've heard lots of sermons that talk about this part of the Bible, and it's like, oh yeah, we got to come with childlike trust and faith right? The way children just just believe things and they just trust that you're going to take care of them and it's so beautiful and that's absolutely part of it. But I think the other side of this is that we just have to learn to believe that we are children. We are. We need to embrace this fact because the freedom of children is about our house, we have four people in our family, five if you count our cats. So we've got five people in our family. And we all live in the same house, right? We eat our meals together. We do a lot together. We're the Withros. But I do not carry, or rather my kids do not carry the same responsibility and authority that I carry and my husband carries in that house, right? It's their house too. They belong there, this is their home. But, but they don't carry the same burden and authority that, that we carry as their parents. I carry the responsibility of like, okay, I'm gonna make sure that, cause I you know, don't work all day long, so I'm gonna make sure that I like, get groceries and we have food. And while my kids might complain that it's not the food they want, they're not worried they won't have any, right? I'm thinking about, okay, we, I got to like do the laundry so that we have actual clothes to put on our bodies. I don't know about you, but we get to the point where we don't have clothes to put on our bodies because I hate doing laundry. But while my kids might say, mom, I need you to wash this for me, they're never worried there's just going to be no clothes for them. They know that they're gonna be taken care of. They know that these things are gonna be done for them because they're living under the protection and the covering of their dad and I. So they don't, it's not just about, oh, they're free to, to do whatever they want. They're free to not worry. They're free to not worry about every single little thing. They're free to just be themselves. Our home is a place where they can just exist and be crazy and wild. And that's a gift. That's freedom, guys. But they're also free to to say what they think. This childlike freedom gives us freedom to to do things, to act, to, to live out our purpose, to be who we are. And they have the safety to do that because they are under our covering. And we are able to give them that because we are under the covering of King Jesus. Honestly, he is the only reason that I am even a little bit a good parent. The only reason. Being a kid. Oh, that's good. That is really good. My kids are learning how to love and live like Jesus while they're standing under the protection and covering of our authority. Yes, they get different responsibilities. Yes, we grow and we get different responsibilities and and accountability and things that we do and purpose. But we get to constantly live under the covering of the king. That means we don't have to shoulder the bulk of the burden. We don't have to. And yet we keep trying to. This not letting Jesus uh, reign over certain little parts of our lives. This is just us taking on burden that we don't need. That we don't have to hold. There is safety in letting King Jesus reign your life. There is safety. And goodness there. This last week we were watching um, Home Alone because, of course, it's Christmas. Right? I only like watching the first two. Once it gets to three, I'm like, it's like a different pers- person, right? And I'm just like over it. I don't, there's like five now. I don't know, right? That's what we, what? <laughs> okay, okay So we're watching And I'm sure you know the story But Kevin McAllister This little 8, 9 year old boy is, his family's going on a trip For Christmas And uh, he gets into a big fight With his family the night before And he's saying all these things Like I wish I was alone And I don't want you guys around And my favorite line is When I'm grown up and married I'm going to live by myself And I'm like where's your wife going to live Do you ever think that? Like, does he realize, get married? (laughs) Maybe he just thinks that's what happens when you become an adult and then you're just like, see ya. Anyway, he's like, I just wanna live alone and I wanna be by myself. And then he wakes up the next day. Sorry, if this is a spoiler alert, I'm I'm sorry. Like, I don't know what to help you with. I, there is a statute of limitations, okay? (laughs) Anyway, so he wakes up the next day and his family has accidentally left him at home had gone on their trip and it's just this moment where he's like looking for his mom and dad and finally he's sitting in the kitchen and it's like this just great shot right into his face and he's like I made my family disappear and then he thinks of all the terrible things his family said to him the night before and he's like I made my family disappear (laughs) there's like the trademark eyebrows right And as a kid, I remember watching that and being like, yes, and then there's this whole montage, and he's eating the candy, and he's running around, and he's, like, watching all the movies he shouldn't be watching, and I'm like, I'm eating junk and watching rubbish, or whatever it is, it's so, it's so funny, and you think, that looks so fun, right, I remember being a kid and being like, I want this, I want this, I mean, like, I want to be left alone, nobody's telling me no, nobody's telling me what to do, I am the master of my domain, I can do whatever I want to, and that seemed awesome as a kid. Now I watch it as adults, I'm like, this isn't gonna end well, (laughs) even if I didn't know how it was gonna end. But you get through the movie, and this little boy just realizes, I cannot be in charge of myself. Aside from people trying to, like, murder me, there's, like, a whole, I mean, did we, like, joke about it? It's, like, they're literally, okay. But he just gets this part it's, like, I just want my mom and dad. I just want my family. I don't want this. I don't want the burden of having to go to the store and buy a toothbrush when I need it. I don't want the burden of trying to figure out what I'm going to eat and making sure that I'm safe and making sure that my home is secure. I, I need, I need my mom and dad. I don't want to be in charge anymore. And I think we all have to get to this place where we realize, I don't think being in charge is what I thought it was going to be. It's not actually what I want. There has to be something better. I want to be taken care of. I want somebody else to shoulder the load. Imagine for a minute that your trust in Jesus is absolutely complete. That there is no area of your life that you do not trust him completely to lead you, to guide you, to speak to you, to take care of you. I mean, what would these different areas be, right? So think about like... With your finances. We try to control a lot and we, and we make these budgets and we make these plans and we have these forever plans and this is how I'm going to retire. And I mean, when I say we, I mean like maybe you guys. I don't, I'm not <laughs> good at that. Anyway, um, so like what would it look like? I'm not saying don't plan stuff, guys. Please hear me. I'm not saying don't plan for your retirement. But what would it look like? To give God full reign over your finances, because I'm just saying, when I have found freedom in this place and trusting God there, He has. I've been doing some weird upside down stuff. I've been more generous. I've given money away when I didn't know that we had it to give, and I'm not trying to chew me on her. I'm saying like this is. It's, the kingdom is upside down, right? The King tells us to do stuff that are, that's weird. But like, what if you had freedom there? What if you didn't worry about where everything was going to come from? What if you didn't worry about where your finances would be a year from now? What if you didn't worry about, oh, I can't, I can't give anything or I can't take care of my neighbor or I can't take care of my parents because what if I don't have enough? Just what if, I'm not saying we're not going to have money struggles, but I'm saying what if you just trusted God with it and let him speak into it for you? What if you trusted God with your relationships? This is a territory we really don't like to give away sometimes. I don't like to trust people. I don't like to trust people that they're going to take care of me. Sorry. But what would happen if I trusted God? What would happen if I trusted God that he made these people who I'm in relationship with, too. And that he has my best interest at heart. And that just maybe other people who were created by him do, too. What kind of freedom would I find? Right? What if you trusted God with the territory of, like, your health? Sometimes we try so hard to, like, keep a rein on it, and I got to be healthy, and I got to do all the things, and I got to work out all the time, and I got to, okay... Those aren't bad. But have you tried to control it and hold it so tightly that you're not trusting God to take care of you? That maybe you think this is the only way you can be loved or valued. Maybe you've been in pain for a long time physically or sick and you're just trying to like find all the ways to cure it or do something better and you're going to the doctors and you're just running yourself ragged. I'm not saying that some of these things are bad. I'm saying what if in those things we let the king reign and we trusted that God was going to guide us. And so instead of worrying and getting anxious about it, we just said, okay, God, what do you want me to do here? You know what I mean? Just imagine these territories, these little pieces of our hearts, these little pieces of our lives, were under the full authority of the King. Imagine that you feel so protected and loved, and that you're so sure that you have an inheritance as a child of God, that even when the brokenness of the world descends, you have perfect peace. What if you could have joy in the chaos? I was just thinking about this weekend. We had so much stuff going on. And I was, like, thinking about there's just so much stuff I got to do. And there's this, this. And they were all things that I wanted to do and things that I would find joy in. But it felt like so much. And I just said, God, I just, like, I need you to just, like, I don't know. Do I need to cancel something? Do I need to make some space for myself? Do I need to just, like, do I need some peace about this? I don't know. I'm, like, anxious about this. I'm not going to get everything done, and then Sunday night's going to come, and I don't know if I'm even going to have anything to preach, and, like, all these things. And, guys, I'm telling you, just that simple act of, like, God, I just trust you with this, you got, like, speak into it. I didn't cancel any of my plans, but for some reason, guys, I feel like my hours have been multiplied this weekend. It has gone slow. It has been enjoyable. We have had fun. I've been able to be really present with my family and my friends. It has been a gift. And now I'm here with you, not feeling ragged and exhausted, but feeling full of joy. That's what giving these little territories over to the reign of Jesus looks like. It's, it doesn't have to be huge and complicated. Rob's going to play for a little bit. And I just want us to to reflect a little bit on maybe, maybe we've got some of these territories that we don't want to give over to the king. What are some of these things that we just have not surrendered to God? I'm telling you guys, you do not have to try to control it and make it work on your own. Please don't try. It won't work it'll feel good for a little bit and then you'll just be like, oh my gosh, I just wish somebody would tell me what to do. I wish somebody would fix it for me. I wish somebody would help me. That is available to you. That is 100% available to you. I have a really hard time giving the territory parenting over to Jesus. That's something I have to keep doing every day. Every day, I have to be like, okay, Just, I know you love them more than I love them. I know you're going to protect them. It doesn't mean I don't do things right to set uh, boundaries in place to protect them. It doesn't mean I don't, they don't get consequences when something happens. It doesn't mean that, you know, I just kind of let them go and they'll figure out life. No. But my decisions, my leading is based under the leadership of the king. It's submitted to that. And so when we walk out what God has asked for us to do, we are doing it under the authority and the protection of the king. So what is one of these areas? Maybe it's not something that I haven't mentioned. That God just just wants you to be free to trust him in. He just wants you to find freedom there. This might take some thinking. Maybe you've got something right now. This might take going into life this week and then being like, oh, that's a thing, right? Do you ever not think of it until it's there and you're like, oh, geez. But I want to give you just real quick some like practical things we can do to walk in this, okay? So one, just remember God's promise to you. So as you go this week, if there's maybe something in your mind that you have that you want to give God more um, full reign over, or if maybe you're not even sure what that is, just meditate on the promises of God. You belong to him. You are his kid. He wants to bless your life. He wants you to be blessed so you can be a blessing to others. God promises that you have a kingdom that you can live in today and for eternity. God promises that He will be your King, that He will be your protector and your guide and your love. He will not forsake you. He will not abandon you. He will not leave you. Just meditate on those promises this week. When when things start to come and you try, start to try to control something or make something work or fix something yourself, you do not have to do it alone another thing you can do is invite someone into accountability with it with you find a friend or a family member or a spouse that you don't find a spouse like if you have a spouse like use that spouse or i don't know maybe this is a dating sermon um anyway you can talk to your spouse and just ask them. say, I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling giving this over to Jesus. I'm struggling trusting him with this. Will you help me? Will you remind me when I'm in the middle of it that I can trust God? Do you have any good wisdom for me? Do you have any stories in your life where this has worked to encourage me? I don't know how, I, I can't tell you how encouraging it is for me to talk to friends and go, okay, you've done this. I know it's possible. Pray with me, help me, show me how to do it. You can try that. And third, some of the things that we, some of the territory that we don't want to give um, God full control over is because we just have bondage in this area. There is just like enemy attack here. There is something that we need breakthrough in right now. Sometimes it's not just about, okay, I'm going to go home, and I'm going to meditate, and I'm going to pray hard, and I'm going to think about it. But like right now, God, I just need you to do something. I need you right now to break through my anxiety. I need you right now to break through my control. I need you right now to break through and tell me that I am safe and secure, and I need to know it, and I need to feel it. Anybody else just need that? Sometimes, like right now, I need it. And so... If that is you, we're gonna have prayer time up here and I want you to come up and there will be people up here to pray for you and we will pray for breakthrough right now, right now. Do not leave here, please, do not leave here. If Something feels so heavy and it feels like you can't do it alone and it feels like it keeps coming up and maybe it's something that you're like, I give it to God, I give it to God over and over again and it keeps coming back and it keeps just like boomeranging back into your life man let's break it today let's break those chains in the name of jesus today i want to pray with you for that we have lots of people who want to pray for you in that so please if there is something come up when we're done and we're going to pray about it while we're at place and i just want to say before i pray to, and then i'm going to pray i've talked a lot about that jesus sits on the throne of our hearts right And for some of us, maybe we have not invited him to do that yet. And that's okay. But I just want to give you space. If that's you, and you have not entered into a relationship with Jesus, if you have not invited him to be the king of your life, yet if you have not said, Jesus, I want to follow you. You are my savior. You are my God. I believe that you can make me new want to do that tonight we want to pray with you you can say yes right now so please come up afterwards and we will pray and talk and right now you will get a new heart and a new mind right now you will be redeemed that is how good god is he doesn't make us wait so don't wait if that's something you want to do don't wait let's pray God, we just say as a body that we trust you. It makes me think of that passage. I believe, help me with my unbelief, right? God, we trust you. Help us with the ways we don't trust you. God, give us joy when we think about you being our king. Show us the good news of your kingship. Show us what it looks like to follow you and be free. Because we don't want false freedom. We don't want things that just look free on the outside. We want freedom everywhere eternally in our souls. So God, I pray that you would lead us and guide us very clearly into this season of our lives. Show us clearly how we can give maybe little pieces of our hearts that we have been trying to control and secure on our own. God, show us how to give them to you. Show us how to let you reign. We just give to you Uh, are striving to be kings we give it to you today and we ask that you would in your grace and your love continue to lead us well thank you for this promise that you've given us thank you that you don't rescind on your promises thank you that you are good and perfect we just say yes Yes and amen. You are so good. Amen. Like I said, if anybody wants to come up and pray, please come up. There's lots of people to pray with you. If not, have a wonderful night. And let's pray that you have a great week. Love you guys.